0: You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning everyone, how are you doing today? Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And this is, of course, your daily financial news. And today is, where's my date? Sunday, July 25th. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend and a great Sunday. Before we get started with the news, I want to congratulate a student. A student of, in the course, How to Get Started, One Rental at a Time, has been doing the work and actually closed on not one but two transactions this week. So Craig, Craig, congratulations. Uh, thank you for doing the work, letting me know you have got your deals. Those were great uh, deals, look like you posted in the group. So again, shout out Craig. And Craig, nice job. Your cards will go out tomorrow because of course, today is Sunday and the mail doesn't get picked up. Let me put those over there. All right, awesome. Uh, next thing I want to tell you about is uh, I did some work on... The market. Uh, I looked at the comparison over the last 40 years and really asked questions about what would happen if interest rates went to 4, 5, and 6%. Uh, so that video was posted yesterday. In addition to that, a lot of you asked me to review a video by the Bond King, I believe his name is Steve Van Meter, and I gave my feedback on that. Uh, if you haven't seen it, net net is I like the way Stephen. Kind of laid out the picture. Uh, I did disagree slightly, only with the fact that I think there is a natural floor where banks won't go below because they need a profit margin. Banks need to make profit. Uh, I suspect the low is somewhere between one and three quarters and two percent, um, where Stephen was saying he expects them to go as low as one percent. So because of that, I had to ask myself, what would happen if the 30-year rate went to 1%? So I don't know about you. I enjoy math. I enjoy seeing what's going on. So in that video I did yesterday, I talked about what would happen to real estate if the 30-year went to 1%. I did some math and calculations in the spreadsheet. Would housing go up 30%, 40%, 50%? So lots of interesting discussions. You can take housing with a 1% 30-year mortgage, put 50% appreciation on the market. Look at where that puts us in in affordability. And it's right around, I think, from memory, 1990. So ask yourself, was housing affordable in 1990? I'll let you answer that. Go ahead and watch the video. Uh, A lot of of math and interesting insights in that. Uh, When we talk about the daily financial news today, um really, what I want to talk about is, just want to sprinkle in the idea of stagflation. Uh, as I shared, I believe yesterday, I am currently in the track that inflation is not going to be transitory. Uh, I think it's going to be far stickier. Uh, we had a great talk about that yesterday. Uh, in essence, um, I think a lot of the items that are cute to talk about, like used cars and lumber, will, are transitory without question but I believe what's boiling below the surface is going to be far more inelastic or sticky, and we are going to see the cost of housing, uh, the cost of oil and gas, the cost of food rise. And again, a lot of that's because we're doing the daily work on this show, and we're looking at earning statements from grocery stores and uh, beverage makers and things of that nature, and they're like, we got to raise prices, right? We got to raise prices. In fact, Whirlpool... Uh, one of the companies I talked about yesterday, looks to pass on about a billion dollars in costs to consumers of their electronics. So uh, I'm currently in the belief, I was kind of waffling for the last month or so, where am I at with this? Uh, But right now I think inflation is going to be a bigger and longer problem. But we also have to realize that stagflation could be an answer there. Part of stagflation is obviously inflation which I now believe is coming. However, stagflation could be could be an unfortunate option. If you don't know what stagflation is, it was suffered by the US in the 70s, at least it's often credited as that. Basically, it's inflation with high unemployment and low growth, kind of the ugly triple if you will. And at this moment, it's unclear uh, we could certainly go that direction. Sorry, I'm paying attention to that. One of the things that I think is interesting to think about after Stevens, the Bond Kings video yesterday is, and I want to ask you, I love your opinion on this. What do you think we see first? The 10-year hit 1%? And now, this is in the future because we can't look backwards. The 10-year already hit 1%. That doesn't count. As of July 25th going forward, what do you think happens first? Does the 10-year go down to 1%, 1.0 or below? Or have we seen the low for the year and we're on our way to 2%? That's an interesting discussion because based on your thoughts on whether or not you think the 10-year goes to 1% or the 10-year goes to 2 that lets you know what's going on with inflation and lets you know what's going on with the economy. That one question could uncover your natural bias. Think about it because that will lead you in one direction or the other uh one of the things that i think is clearly going to be shown when we look back historically is we've seen peak growth i think q2 reporting has shown me that we've seen the best of the best um, we got more earnings next week so it'll be interesting to watch i think what it, it's like 150 of the s&p 500 report so more more good news coming more information coming to us uh Don't know if you've heard this um, notion of buy the dip. Buy the dip has become the mantra for retail investors, and we finally got some numbers about just how big that momentum is. On Monday, Monday of last week, remember the stock market was down, or the Dow was down about 800. I think the stock market in general was down right around 2%. It was, uh, I think, the biggest drop since like June of last year or something. Uh, But in essence, the buy the dip crowd came out in force. And if you don't know already, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday were all up days, and we actually ended up 2% even after starting by going backwards. Well, it looks like the buy the dip crowd retail investors flexed their muscle. Uh, Looks like the retail investors on Monday, on Monday, right, in in the collapse. So kudos to you for buying the dip. Uh, the S&P 500 ETF uh, it's SPY SPY if you don't know what it is it had a record one day volume of 482 million dollars the buy the dip crowd was in force there's a lot of dry powder out there we've heard different numbers uh, by some accounts there's 4.5 million million no trillion 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 i got to check my numbers they say trillion i don't know if that's right that seems awful high that can't be right 4.5 trillion that seems off i wrote a t i want to think it's a b though could there really be 4.5 trillion in money market accounts that can't be right i'm going to guess that's a billion i think that makes more sense money market, let's say 4.5 billion i gotta check my notes i did write a t though no it's got to be a b 4.5 trillion in money market sorry i digress i'm looking at my notes and shocked that there's a t there uh which is a a record. There's also 17, I don't know if it's trillion or billion, again, I wrote a T, I think it's a B though, uh, of liquid accounts. Why this is interesting is because that is the dry powder that can buy the dip. Uh, The other thing I saw as I was really researching this, how much is out there. uh, Charles Schwab, one of those legacy trading accounts. Oh, 4 trillion is correct. Wow, 4.5 trillion in money markets. That's a lot of cash. That's nuts. Anyways, uh, Charles Schwab is saying that their cash balances are as low as possible, as low as two thousand eighteen, at only ten point five percent. So you look at that and you go, "What's going on?" Well, the last year or so we've been conservative. Cash balances have swole- have raised, uh, but now what we've had is a couple of buy the dip moments, and cash is being deployed. Uh, so it kind of makes sense that you know, the dry powder is draining or being used. I saw an interesting article on the news, which again, I follow because it impacts the consumer. I'm not a left or right, red or blue, any of that stuff. But it looks like the, uh, they've done a um, survey of Americans and now 55% of Americans think the U.S. is on the wrong path for the next 20 years. I like the mark of 20 years because that gets you out of any single presidency. It gets you out of any election cycle. But 55% of Americans are not optimistic. That is unfortunate. That is, um, again, remember what I follow, right? The consumer, 67.5% of the economy. Are they optimistic or pessimistic? And when they swing that way, you can really watch consumer behavior change. So this is something to watch. It's something that's just happened here recently. As soon as two months ago, that number was over, uh, was pessimistic was under 40%. So uh, it's something to watch because if we really continue the trend of getting more and more pessimistic, that will impact consumer behavior and it'll be something we have to watch. Looks like this Delta variant is actually changing behavior, right? It is lots of scary headlines going out on the world, Uh, a lot of mask mandates coming back, at least if you're in California and Southern California specifically. But what I'm looking for is consumer and business change. It looks like at least um, there's, there's supposed to be a conference in Las Vegas. I think it's called CinemaCon, never heard of it. But what happened is Disney, one of the marquee names going to the event, has decided to hold back uh, its employees and they will now attend virtually. Uh, Again, that is changing behavior. Conferences are coming back to Vegas, but it looks like this this thing isn't letting up uh, and it's still changing behavior. And Again, that is things I watch because, again, we were just celebrating getting out and now we have another thing to think about. Didn't know if this happened every year, but I saw it and I thought it was a cool idea. 16 states, one six, are actually offering a week or, yeah, it's a week, seven day period, a sales tax holiday, sales tax holiday for back to school supplies. How cool is that? I didn't, uh, my daughter hasn't been in school in over a decade. So maybe this has happened before and I just missed it, um, Anybody else seen this before? Uh, again, 16 states are doing it. They're putting out a week where parents don't have to pay sales tax on school supplies like notebooks and pens and folders and backpacks and things like that. Turns out the average parent spends about $300 a year on back to school supplies. I got to say that feels about right. And you know, saving a uh, uh, taxes on that's 20, 30 bucks depending on what state you're in. So Shout out to the states thinking about the parents uh, and getting the kids back in school. We got to have kids back in school. Uh, I don't know about you, but remote remote learning to me as a, a teenager would have been unsuccessful. It would not have been good. I would have been. I wasn't a great student in class. Can you imagine what I've done outside? Like mm, that would have been not good. Not good. Uh, so again, next week is going to be interesting. A uh, lot of earnings and the Fed. I think the Fed has to acknowledge tapering. The one good thing going for the Fed is their are uh, meeting Tuesday and Wednesday, and their favorite metric comes out Friday. It's called the personal consumption expenditures. Will be called PCE going forward. Uh, that came in hot last month. Actually, two months in a row. Uh, it will be interesting to see where it goes from here. So. Uh, We got to watch because I think the PCE is going to get hot, which is going to lead to talk in their Jackson Hole meeting in August. And then the last thing to note is the Redfin CEO is watching our channel. Of course, I am kidding. That is a joke. Probably not funny to you, but it makes me laugh internally. Uh, The Redfin CEO is saying we are in for a real estate slowdown. Sound familiar? That's why I'm joking that he's calling for it. He is saying what what is happening right now is buyers are pulling back. Right when more listings are coming. Again, what have I been telling you for six to eight weeks is happening? The Redfin CEO is helping me tell this message. So, again, more listings, less buyers. The real estate market is slowing down. We still have sellers coming out at unrealistic expectations. This is all the story that I've been telling you is coming. It's the story that my students are telling me about in the course. So, that's what I got for you today. Uh, I believe we are still on to talk to Laura Morby at 8 o'clock or 15 minutes. And then I'm actually talking to a student at 9 a.m. about a 1031 exchange and what that's all about. So uh, we are recording that and we will share with all of you as well. So have a wonderful Sunday. Also, I need to find time to do my goals and community update. I will try to get to that as well. I want you to take care. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget to do the work. Bye.